Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. If you are interested in podcasts about spirituality and spiritual growth, don't forget about my exclusive podcast for patrons, Our Sunday Talks, which includes over 140 podcasts. Not only are these my own talks, but I also share with you some inspiring talks from my favorite authors and speakers of the past. You can gain access to this podcast series for as little as a $3 a month donation, as well as other benefits exclusively offered to our patrons. These monthly donations go a long way in helping me to be able to continue producing the Inspirational Living Podcast each week. Learn more by visiting livinghour.org patron. Thank you. Today's reading was edited and adapted from Personal Power by Keith J. Thomas, published in 1917. When we go to a movie theater to see a film, we often marvel at the splendor of the scenic effects. A beautiful sunrise or sunset is reproduced on the screen with such fidelity that it stirs up emotions within us. Aided by the art of the actors and the drama of the music, the scene often affects us more than the real wonders of nature which are going around us every day. In the theater, these things are forced upon our attention, and we realize their beauty while the infinitely greater beauty of the real thing goes unnoticed. People talk of the ineffable splendor of a sunrise on the mountains. For example, a man once told me that the most magnificent sight he ever saw was a sunrise on the Straits of Gibraltar, when the sun literally rose up out of the sea, and little by little, Tinge the heavens and the waters with a myriad of colors, sparkling, scintillating, and blending into the majesty and wonder of the dawn. In a theater we see with delight reproductions of such things, and do not heed them as they are spread before us, across the wide spaces of earth, sky, and water, day by day. As the old saying goes, Eyes have we, and we see not. Why? Because we have not trained our eyes to see. Suppose for one moment that the sky had always been gray and overcast since you were born, and that one summer evening a wind sprang up and the clouds dispersed, revealing the majesty of the stars and all the wonders of the heavens. Would you not believe that a miracle had happened? Yet how often do you look up and see with the discerning eye this inspiring and uplifting spectacle? All the gifts of nature are to be had for the asking. They are your right. But like all gifts worth having, they must be striven for. You must train your eye to look for them and your brain do hear and understand. Then you will see how the earth can take on the form of paradise, and will hear in its sounds the harmonies of heaven. 
people grumble at the rain. They put up their umbrellas, and with eyes fixed on the ground, plod steadily on, complaining of the inconvenience. Look up! See how the reflection of the street lights on the wet roads paints a fairy picture that the harsher dryness never shows you? Is there not some compensation for a little inconvenience in such a sight as that? The French sculptor Rodin was tremendously impressed with the atmospheric effects of London at twilight. Melton Pryor, the famous English war correspondent and traveler, used to walk in a small city park on the borders of Greater London and declare that at sunset he was transported to Japan. Rodin and Pryor saw with understanding eyes, and the same things are there for you to see wherever you live. You have got two pairs of eyes. One pair is in your head, and the other is in your mind. Most people use only the eyes that are in their heads. They deliberately blind the mental eyes, and for that reason they do not really see half of the things that come into their range of vision. Suppose you are traveling out of London, westward. As you pass Exeter, you know you are nearing the sea, and you eagerly look out for it. By and by you catch a glimpse of it in the distance, and as it spreads out before your view, you feast your gaze on it as a welcome relief from the streets of London. You notice its brilliant coloring, the ships sailing on it, the red cliffs and sands, and you get a veritable banquet of pleasure. Then after a week at the seaside, you probably notice nothing but the people on the beach, the promenade, and the hundred trivial things that you can see anywhere. All the pleasant things you anticipated seeing are still there, but you do not look for them. You are not using the eyes in your mind. Take the case of a solitary flower. You may look at it and see just a flower and nothing more. You may see its marvelous beauty of form and coloring without actually noticing them, because you do not see with the eye of understanding. Another person will truly see these things, because they look with the eyes of their mind. They will see also valleys and hills, carpeted with a thousand hues of flowers and herbs, because they have trained themselves to see and look for these things, which are conjured up in their mental vision. It is obvious that the eye has a most powerful effect on the mind. The dullest person is enlivened by bright sunshine not knowing that there is always brightness for those who look for it. The more we actually see by concentrating our attention on detail, the more we shall mentally store up for the eye of the mind to see whenever it wills. Thus the habit of observation strengthens the imagination, and as we know, it is those who dream dreams that affect most greatly the progress of the world. If you train yourself to dream along practical lines 
to look out for realities. You will act in a practical manner. The artist, however, gets their color schemes by observing the wonder of nature. Get into the habit of looking for things. When you pass a show window, notice the color scheme. Sometime in the future when you are repainting a room or recovering your furniture, this observation will come in useful. If you get into the habit of observing closely with your eyes, you will find that it will improve your other senses. You will notice people's voices and habits of speech. You will appreciate people's motives. You will look for causes when you see effects. These abilities are the mental eyes waking up and taking in the vision of intangible things. We talk of the eye of faith. This is the mental eye trained to look in a special direction. Deeply religious people concentrate their minds on spiritual things, and who shall say what heavenly sights they see, or what heavenly sounds they hear? If you concentrate your attention on everything you see, you will open up to your mental eye a vista that will astonish you. In days of gloom, you will see the sunshine and the sea, a vision at your command, to cheer and enliven each day. People miss the glories of the world because they do not look for them. They are so in the habit of looking to the future that they cannot see the wonders here and now. There is beauty and gladness all around you, if you will only see it. The mental eye will always show it to you. It will correct the errors of the physical eye. Where the casual glance sees only the woman or man, the searching glance of the mental eye sees the God in them. The mental eye is the eye of the spirit the eye that is in touch with the divine within us. It opens to our gaze all the splendors of earth and sky. It shows us the brightness when the physical eye sees only the cloud, and it discovers for us the treasures and gifts that the Creator has supplied for us. Look for beauty and gladness in everything. Resolutely refuse to see the black and sordid things of life. The world is a bright and lovely place, and only your own thoughts can darken it, just as your thought can transform the blackest gloom into the radiance of the noonday. The one who seeks shall find. Keep your face always towards the sunshine, and the shadows will fall behind you. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. Get the best of our podcast in heirloom hardcover or digital ebook by visiting inspirationallifelessons.com. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking with you next time.